We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the Fighting Irish put up 27 points against the Purdue Boilermakers last Saturday. Now they take on the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm pretty impressed with Wisconsin's front. Now they played Eastern Michigan their second game, but still they are number one in the country in run defense. Penn State 18 rushes for 50 yards in the opener against Wisconsin. Let's get some perspective on this storyline and others with Brian Driscoll right now from Irish Breakdown. Dot com And Brian, considering what we know about the Irish running game through three games, and you add in what Wisconsin was able to do against Penn State, how concerned are you about the Irish run game and how effective it may or may not be on Saturday? I mean, <laughs> I'd be concerned if they were playing a mediocre run defense on Saturday. <laughs> they haven't been able to run the ball yet against Toledo, Florida State, and and uh, at Purdue, you know, when Purdue's the best defense you've played and, you, and, you, and you're you excited and they're like, oh, we took a step forward because they rushed for like 120 yards, 51 of which came on one carry in the fourth quarter, uh, that's, uh, that's a bad sign. So, no, it's, it's very concerning. Purdue, I mean, excuse me, Wisconsin is a, a great rushing defense, has for years. Uh, as you mentioned, completely shut down Wisconsin, whose run game also has its own issues. I mean, they only mm-hmm. they only averaged 2.6 yards per carry against Auburn this weekend in, in a victory. So it's not like Penn State's a juggernaut of a running team. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's very, very troubling, especially when you look at what Wisconsin's good at. They're big. They're physical. They, they move you around. Notre Dame's offensive line has not been overly physical and has not moved people around. It's certainly problematic. Brian, here's a couple of things we know about the Irish offense. Pass protection has been hit and miss so far this year. You take a look at the Irish wide receivers. They missed some opportunities with the ball being thrown their way in the matchup against Purdue, including Lindsey had a gimme touchdown pass that, unfortunately, he could not reel in. So many people jump to conclusions, and I don't mean to throw everybody into a big pile here, but... You see a lot of conversation, hear a lot of conversation. Jack Cohn's not been accurate the last two weeks. But if you break down the tape and you watch the game live, I'm wondering how much of this is on Cohn, the offensive line, but also 
How much on the wide receivers? Because watching the game from the press box Saturday, Brian, I felt like the Irish wide receivers did not give Cone the best chance to succeed on a handful of plays because of their inability to get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I think the the issues in regards to Jack missing, especially in the first half, were were really more about the offensive line and him. I thought at times his because he's been getting pressured so much, he's almost anticipating it, and and I'm I'm sympathetic to that because when I played quarterback in college, I had an offensive line that wasn't very good. I mean, and and when you get hit so many times, you kind of like you're looking for it because you know you have to move to make a play, and you kind of anticipate it. Your footwork takes a back seat. And that happened to Jack a little bit against Toledo, and it definitely happened to him in the first half against Wisconsin or against uh, Purdue. And the result was he was missing throws that he needs to make. You know, late in the first half, he overthrows Kevin Austin. That's somewhat on Kevin Austin because he got jammed up. You know, but Jack needs to hit that. Then he throws high to, to Joe Wilkins. Yes, I'd like to see Joe lay out for that, but that ball's got to be better. He settled down in the second half, made a much better throws, but then, you're t- as you talked about, the receivers didn't help him out. You know, you had Kevin Austin had multiple drops. He had a drop early on a slant route that, you know, maybe could have been a big play if you make one guy miss like Kyron Williams did on the fourth down throw. You know, he drops a sure touchdown to Braden or Braden Lindsay drops a sure touchdown, so he bounced back. But, you know, it's just kind of like this has been the issue with the offense, Darren, is they haven't been able to get on the same page. When the line's playing okay, the receivers drop balls or Jack misses. When Jack's on point and the receivers are good, the offensive line's not giving them time to throw. It just They just have not been able to put it all together at once if they can do that. And we saw that on a four or five snaps against Purdue. You know, in the, the pass to Braden Lind, or excuse me, Avery Davis for a touchdown, the offensive line gave him a clean pocket. Jack stepped into the pocket and makes a great throw, and it's a 62-yard touchdown. Line didn't get very good movement against Purdue. The One one of the four or five times they did, it, it springs Kyron Williams free for a 51-yard touchdown. I mean, they've only had about six or seven good run blocks in the last two games, and they've scored a 43- and a 51-yard mm. touchdown on two of those six running blocking plays because that's the kind of skill talent they have. So, their potential is, is is to take off. They just have to put it all together, and, and everybody's got to get on the same page, and they're not close to that right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 
Talking Irish football with Brian Driscoll, the publisher of irishbreakdown.com here on WSBT Radio. Michael Mayer, the sophomore tight end, leads the Irish in the three major categories, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Targeted three times against Purdue, had one catch. When you look at the tape, what did Purdue do to Michael Mayer, and what do you see going forward coverages against Michael Mayer? Well, the one thing they did, they just did to him what they did to all the other receivers. They just physically beat him up at the line of scrimmage, you know, real physical with them all. I mean, and it resulted in a couple penalties, you know, against Purdue because of it. But, you know, they did, they did some things where they tried to play him inside out because he ran a lot of short routes. Mm-hmm. And what teams are doing to Notre Dame overall, and it hurt him against Mayer this weekend, is they, they are saying, hey, basically, we don't think your quarter, we don't think your line can protect your quarterback on downfield routes. So what we're going to not allow you to do is throw the ball quickly. So we're going to be all over the short routes. We're going to be all over the option routes. We're going to be all over the, the hitch routes. We're going to be all over the crossing routes and say that you're not going to have time to get the ball down the field. And that's what they did. And then there were some bracket coverages. They did a lot of different things, a lot of high lows, you know, safety keying on him and you know, the result was it, it led to a touchdown. You know, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is you've got to see what the defense is doing and say, hey, let's take advantage. So, you know, on the post route to uh, to Avery Davis for a touchdown, they had a, a nickel and, a, and, a, and another player kind of eyeing uh, Michael Mayer on that and on, a, on his option route. So they were able to run a post route behind it for a big play. So they took advantage of it to a degree, but that's what teams are going to do. But you know what, Darren, that's also what makes this Notre Dame offense so da- potentially dangerous your best player gets taken away by the defensive scheme. Your second best pass weapon takes himself out by playing terrible, like Kevin Austin. Your arguably your third best pass, you know, best pass threat, Braden Lindsey drops a surefire touchdown, and you still gave up a 62-yard touchdown pass, and 120 <laughs> yards to Avery Davis. You still couldn't stop Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams. That's what makes this offense so potentially dangerous. They can put it all together because. You could take three guys out of the game and still have to deal with Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, and Avery Davis, you know, and that's that makes them uh, that makes them potentially very dangerous if the offensive line can just figure it out. Last Saturday, Brian, the offense did not have freshman quarterback Tyler Buckner in the second half due to hamstring tightness. How important is his skill set to the offense this week against Wisconsin? You know, honestly, I don't really care who's a quarterback okay. against Wisconsin. I think I think Tyler Buckner adds a dimension, and that is great. But it's a dimension. What I mean is, is the dimension that they've had to have because of the play of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Jack Cohn's not the reason the running game's not working. The coaches have wisely went with a quarterback that was more mobile because it helped get with an offensive line that was getting no movement in the run game. If the offensive line does not play well, I don't care who they put at quarterback. When you're playing Wisconsin, they're going to eat him up if the offensive line's not doing their job just like they're going to do to Jack Cohn if the offensive line's not doing their job this is one of those weeks where this is an O-line game and I don't care who the quarterback is this is the kind of defense that if you're if your offensive line is not bringing it this week from an effort standpoint and from an execution standpoint I, I you could put anybody back there quarterback and it's not going <laughs> to matter a whole lot Let's go to defense because Myron Tagamosa moving from interior defensive line to the big defensive end spot, eight tackles through three games, three and a half tackles for loss. He's got two and a half sacks, three quarterback curries, and delivered that forced fumble at the end of the Toledo game. How successful has that move been for the Irish defense? It's been good, and you know the thing about it is he hasn't really 
played that complete game yet. You know, he's still there's still sometimes like, oh yeah, okay, that's gonna come with more experience. He'll use the right arm on that, or he'll take play this angle correctly on the on the run play. But boy, he's been re- his effort, his motor has been really good. He's been very disruptive, you know. And, and the numbers are one thing, Darren. It's it's but against Purdue, he was making plays in big moments. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the third and one stop. That he had, where he just black, just just beat a guy, just embarrassed an offensive lineman, and makes the big play. You know, on that fourth and one play where Kyle Hamilton, you know, made the play, is Myron was the guy that kept them from initially cutting up early. Then Bo Bauer forced it out a little bit. You know, then Isaiah Pryor takes on, uh, you know, two blockers and allows Kyle, Kyle Hamilton to make the play. It, you know, but Myron's the one that really started that. If he gets sealed right there, or if he gets blocked right there, takes himself out, then you know the play's not overly successful. So. You know, for me, that's kind of what I saw is a, is a guy that's really starting to understand what his role is in this defense, and he's playing it at a high level. And, and there's still some room for him to, you know, technically improve because it is a new position for him. So what why that matters is because it makes me think that he's got another level to get to, which is impressive when you consider how productive he has been the first three games. Brian, when you look at what Marcus Freeman is doing right now at the rover position, when you take the traits of Isaiah Pryor and also the traits of Jack Kaiser, how is he getting the most out of those two to get really good rover play overall? Well, you know, you're seeing Jack Kaiser do a lot in pass coverage, and you're not seeing Isaiah Pryor do a lot in pass coverage, and I think that's really the key. <laughs> Isaiah, and this is this is called good coaching. You know, when, when when you say, hey, look, what does Isaiah Pryor do well? What does Jack Kaiser do well? How can I use these two guys together to get what I need to get out of that out of that rover position? And that's exactly what Marcus Freeman is doing. When Isaiah Pryor is in the game, it is downhill. It is attack the ball. It is take on blockers. It is get after it downhill. When Jack Kaiser's in the game, he's a better athlete. He's a, b- a better cover player, those type of things. He can move. He can run. He can do all those kind of things. So it's... Hey, let's use let's use uh, Jack to be successful in those areas, and you put them together, and you've got what like 13, 14 tackles on Saturday. Jack, you know Isaiah Pryor's making plays near the line of scrimmage. You know Jack Kaiser makes a, you know is great in coverage on that that pass, the interception that that Kyle Hamilton had. If you go back and watch that, it Jack Kaiser to me is the first guy to make that play because he's got his hand right there in the window, and the tight end can't see the ball. And it goes right through his hands, and then Kyle Hamilton picks it off. It was a great team defense. So, yes, Kyle Hamilton made those All-American plays, but it was nice to see his teammates setting him up to do that. And that's what makes a great defense. It's not having a great player. Mm-hmm. It's having a great player who's surrounded by other guys that can do their job at a high level. That's how you have a great defense. IrishBreakdown.com publisher Brian Driscoll joining us on Sportsbeat AM. Give me some of your insight. Wisconsin – their offensive line, always physical and strong. They run the ball coming off the bus, taking on that Irish defensive front. What do you see happening in that matchup Saturday? It's power versus speed. I mean, to me, that's that's what it's all about is, you you know, you could, you could do a couple things against them where you can maybe put some of your bigger personnel on the field and you can try to, you know, stack up against their physical ball, or you can say, "Hey, look, they're big, they're physical, but they're not the they're not the most athletic group of guys in the world." So let's use our athleticism to attack, and I think that's going to be the key for Notre Dame is, you know, really play downhill. Don't let those big linemen to get to the second level. Don't make them turn their hips, and that's what we've seen from Notre Dame's linemen when they turn their hips, they get in trouble. 
well, if Notre Dame can kind of turn that on its head and, and make those Wisconsin linemen now get on skates because they're trying to ta- you know take on your run blitzes and things like that, you know that's going to be a big key. Don't let the backs get to past the first level before they make their cut. Make them make their cuts behind the line of scrimmage. If you can do that, then that gives you a chance to rally to the ball and, and keep Wisconsin's ground game in check. And and uh, you know that's going to be the key is just being disruptive. And the other part too of that, if you're able to make in some of those disruptive plays there, and if you can get in the backfield, mm-hmm. you know, get tackles for loss on first and second down, Wisconsin does not want to be in second and 11, second and nine. They do not want to be in third and eight, third and nine. That is not their wheelhouse. So if you, the more you can put them in those situations, those obvious passing situations, the better it is for your, for your football team. Brian, always good to speak with you about this Notre Dame football team. Always appreciate your time, and make sure you check out all of Brian's work at irishbreakdown.com. And I can't wait to have a chance to talk to you next Wednesday about what in the world happened in this Notre Dame-Wisconsin game at Soldier Field. There could be a lot of interesting storylines coming out of this ballgame. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.